girl, hey, you've entered baddie behavior, where the breast cancer baddies come together with other survivors and thrivers to have candid conversations about life, sex, body changes, and relationships after breast cancer and a judgment-free space. All are welcome. Let's get started. My name is Cynthia, and I am a breast cancer baddie ambassador from Houston, Texas, but I'm originally and always will be a Cali girl. I was diagnosed with stage two invasive ductal carcinoma in 2018, and I'm currently going through hormone therapy for the next few years. I am also a proud Bayesian woman and a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Hey, baddies. My name is April, and I am a proud ambassador for the breast of us, repping for our plus-size baddies. I live in Columbia, South Carolina, but I am from Brunswick, Georgia. I was diagnosed with stage 2 invasive ductal carcinoma at the age of 35 in 2016, triple negative, BRCA1 positive, and also later diagnosed with large B-cell lymphoma. I can't wait to start having conversations with you. Let's get into it. Well, hello, hello, hello. How are you, sis? Girl, I'm good. How are you? I'm just trying to stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's been going on with me the last couple of days. I just... I'm gonna sleep all day. You been eating properly? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Hydrating? I have not been drinking enough water. I can honestly say I need to drink more water, but uh, my um, I'm on Manjaro, and I just went up on my dosage. And for some reason, it feels like I don't want to eat. I don't want to drink. I just, I'll think about food like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I just started um, the generic, like, compounded version. Okay. And I took my second dose. Okay. How do you feel? Normal, thank God. <laughs> good. God was worried. Um but so far, so good. And we'll see. Okay. I got my Zofran on deck just in case. Good. But I'm ready. Good. Good. Do you notice um, any change in your appetite? Yeah, but you know, my appetite had changed right before I started. So I'm back to like barely eating anyway. That doesn't necessarily translate to weight loss for me anyhow. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, Well, we'll have to dive into that a little bit more. 
I guess we should let our listeners know what we're doing today. <laughs> we are being on baddest behavior <laughs> and just recapping what we've been up to for the last year. It has been a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. I think for all of us personally and um, for the rest of us. Yeah, it definitely has. It's been a lot. It has. So last year we launched a podcast and um, we have been ripping and running ever since. Mm -hmm. But our very first episode of Bad Behavior was at the top of 2022. And we talked about our um, expectations and hopes for the year. And it's time to recap. Recap! <laughs> so, you know, Cynthia, what is your, your goal or your resolution for 2022? Uh, I'm trying to get me a good routine going, you know. Mm-hmm. work out, get my little meditation, cook some dinner every now and again. I'm living on DoorDash. You know, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> DoorDash is life. It is life. It's life and it's dollars. So, you know, <laughs> trying to get my adult on just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. What about you? April. April? Yeah. What's your New Year's resolution? Get some dick. <laughs> straight to okay. the point straight so, to okay. it, huh? I'm not even mad at that but I'm going to go ahead and add that one to my list too <laughs> so um, other than talking about wanting to get laid I don't even remember what I said I wanted in 22 what about you I definitely got laid <laughs> <laughs> Some good, some bad. <laughs> uh, I, I remember talking about that, and I remember talking about um, making myself a priority for 2022, and I absolutely did that. Absolutely did that. Um, was focused more on my health as far as clean eating, meeting with doctors, uh, pursuing weight loss surgery. Haven't done it yet because unfortunately in South Carolina, my insurance doesn't cover it, which sucks. A lot of insurance companies don't cover it here. Uh, but interesting enough, if I was on Medicaid or Medicare, I could get it. I think it's wild that they, you know, they complain so much about us big folks. And the expense and all of these things, but they don't want to cover the surgery nor the medications nope. um, that could potentially make us unbeatable, <laughs> you know. And right. so it's I can see not just covering it indefinitely, but we'll give you one good shot at it. And if you blow it, that's on you. But at yeah. least give us that opportunity because my insurance is the same. They don't cover any weight loss surgeries and they don't cover the meds. Mm -hmm. Same. And so it's like if you complain that I'm too fat and I'm going to have all of these comorbidities and other issues that are going to cost y'all money, why would you not want me to try to help me get skinny again? 
or smaller, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Girl, I can't even begin to make heads or tails of it. Just like all the other things our wonderful Supreme Court has passed on today and, you know, in the past year. It's ridiculous to me. But especially those of us who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, one of the side effects from our life-saving medications is weight gain. So for me, pre, pre-cancer, I didn't have high blood pressure. I wasn't a diabetic. But after high blood pressure, pre-diabetic. So you obviously, one or two things happened. Either it changed because I went through cancer and all the other drugs and all the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a possibility. Um, there also is a family history of both. So maybe it developed because um, it was something already there, genetic-wise. I don't know, but I do feel that, you know, one of the the trending topics in our community is the crazy amount of weight gain that you experience on, you know, medications that we have to take after chemo. And a lot of it is belly fat. And the belly fat is directly associated with heart disease and heart attacks. So kind of fat right so why would it not be standard of care for us to have for those the weight loss medications or weight loss surgeries to be the next thing for us to do I mean, we can if I want to have revisions to my chest if I want to get tummy tucks all of it because of the breast cancer I can do that for the rest of my life but I can't have weight loss surgery and I think and because it doesn't affect everybody and they look down upon it, right? If you're, if you're, if you're fat, I'm going to use the word fat because that's, if you use the fat, it's because you're lazy, because you overeat, because you have bad habits. That's it. That's all right. Right. And so they look down upon those of us who are overweight. But if you notice trends with um, the weight loss drugs, people aren't doing anything different but they're losing weight. So it's balancing their body and their hormones. People with PCOS who struggle to lose weight despite doing all of the right things, the pounds are coming off. Clearly it's something systemic within the body as well as possibly some good bad eating habits, right? Right. So if all it takes is a, a weekly injection to get people to lose weight, I would want to do that. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and it's like PCOS and the hormonal treatments that we're on make it damn near impossible to lose. Right. And it's not, it's, it's beyond what you eat, what you do, how often you exercise. And the doctors tell you straight up. It's going to ten times harder, if not impossible, for you to lose the weight. Right. So last year, you you brought up working out. I started a membership with Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. It was by far the hardest workout I've ever done because you're on a treadmill, you're on the rowing machine, then you're doing 
free weights, like the first couple of months, the first month, I would say, of going, it was hard. I had to modify the workouts. I could not do them because it just was hard. Um, but then I got to the point where I was able to do the workouts with modifying, without modifying. I was able to keep up the pace. But then I wasn't losing any weight. And I got so discouraged. And it is not cheap. It's not cheap right. to go there. I mean, it's a great workout. Great environment. Loved it. But it was not cheap. Um, so I was dealing with the financial side of it. And then on top of that, I'm not losing any weight. Like, not significant weight. My body was changing. And I could see that I was improving as far as being able to have the, the stamina to do the workouts, but let's be real. I didn't. I didn't start that for stamina. I started because I'm only weight. Right. So I, I was bummed out, and then I was broke. So I said, you know, f this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gonna yeah. just walk GG, and that's all it's gonna be. Um, I will say that I do miss going Orange Theory, and I do want to go back, but it is definitely for that amount of money being spent, which I don't have a problem with, I definitely need to make sure that I have the time to go. And um, I've been working part-time jobs um, at group that I work at a children's home and I was working at the children's home at that time too. So I need to put myself on a schedule so that I can go back because the problem became I was working and wasn't able to get to the classes on time or I'm getting to work late. So I got to make sure that I have the right balance for that. But um, yeah, so. And here's another thing too. BMI, there's been a lot of conversation about body mass index. Yeah. Okay. So who, who exactly is the body mass in, index referring to? Because no, no two people are the same. So how in the world well, you can all, you... You already know, one, it ain't based on us. No. And two, these people love coming behind us decades later saying the same shit we've been saying. Just like they trying to decide, oh, maybe we should do mammograms earlier. Now the BMI may not be an accurate indicator of health. No shit, Sherlock. No shit. And I am a little... Believe it or not, I'm a little girl under here. I am, you know, 5'3", very small. And what BMI says I'm supposed to be is non-existent. 109 pounds? Are you crazy? Never gonna happen. How? Never. Y'all not gonna be talking about me. Oh, she, she on crack. <laughs> <laughs> you on that shit. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but as soon as you drop more than 12, shit, you're looking a little crazy now. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, yeah. there's a lot of work that we still got to do in this space with with that, which it was another thing that we did with For the Breast of Us. We really have, um, within the last year and some change, been... Um, participating in different advocacy trainings. You will be going to Project LEAD this summer. Congratulations. So excited. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's a, a great experience. Uh, Marissa and Miranda and I went last summer. So you and Tova and Veronica. Yep, are going this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, when I look at the agenda, and don't get me wrong, them days are full and long. Mm-hmm. But all the topics, I'm excited. Like the it's, science of cancer, the genetics, mm-hmm. um, all of the things. Um, I'm just excited to learn more for myself, but to also be able to educate others. Um, and of course, to make sure that there are women of color in the room, mm-hmm. you know, to learn, to give our perspective, to share, and uh, to take up some space. Absolutely. Because in so many of these things, like all of these health rules and regulations and recommendations, they're not based on everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, so many things don't cater to our specific needs and, and they should, they absolutely should, you know, they should. So the benefit of you going to project lead and learning the science side of cancer will prepare you for conferences such as the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, where you're in rooms with researchers, doctors, um, pharma, talking about different medications and talking about different research and things. So I was able to sit in on sessions at um, in San Antonio about obesity and breast cancer. And learning more about the research that's being done and, you know, the, the correlation between the two um, different measures to take as far as helping with the weight loss and, um, you know, stuff like that. So it was exciting to, to participate in San Antonio. It was, it was a lot, but I was able to understand what was happening and what was going on because I had the experience and the training from project lead. So you're, it's really, um, it's almost like the foundation of advocacy if you're wanting to pursue advocating on the science side of things or even <laughs> on the political side of things as well. Right. I think, and, you know, working in a college of pharmacy, I've been in health sciences for the last almost 20 years. Um, and as being someone responsible for educating the upcoming health professionals, knowing the science, knowing the medical side, knowing all of the things that they should know as healthcare providers, um, especially at an HBCU now, is important. You know, they need to be able to, to, to provide culturally competent care. They Absolutely. need to understand the nuances of how these things are different in different populations. Um, and of course, taking part in research and shameless plug TSU just got the million dollar funding for their mobile mammography van. I'm so excited. So getting, you know, being the survivor who works with researchers doing that work every day, I can contribute so much more now um, and hopefully see the outcomes, you know, in in our communities. And so, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity and really, really excited. Yeah. I really hope that in the the time to come that more, especially our HBCUs, will become more involved in research and doing things that, you know, these conversa- this conversation we're having right now. Right. 
this should be one of the platforms for our HBCUs because if if nobody else is going to if we're not going to take if other people are not going to take care of us, we need to be able to take care of ourselves or start and doing the research. What you mentioned today with the Supreme Court, um, segregation, yeah, you can be on either side of that coin. But what the world continues to tell us is we have to look out for our own. Mm-hmm. And so with the dismantling of affirmative action, um, getting rid of critical race theory and DEI and all of the things we are going to have to go back to our own community organizations and our HBCUs and MSIs and HSIs, um, minority serving institutions, Hispanic serving institutions, because those are the places where our voices are going to be heard, you know, and our our contributions invited. And so we're going to have to go back to that because I mean, we're already not well represented in the larger communities. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're not factoring race into college admissions. Where are our children going to go? Modernized racism, sis. No, I don't even. Not even racism. I'm sorry. Segregation is what I meant. But I mean, this is Segrega- what, we're just, what America is. Let's yeah. call a thing a thing, you know? And so. We're going to have to continue to create our own spaces, much like this one, because where else are we going to be invited to? Right. If we can't say race, we can't say diversity, we can't say inclusion anymore, and we can't be real and say, honestly, hey, clinical trials don't include people of color. The current cancer regimens were not studied in people of color because oh, that's critical race theory, that's blaming white people, whatever the conversations are, then we're going to have to come to these spaces, you know? And so I'm grateful that it exists at least, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the world is shifting yet again. Yeah, it is. One step forward, three steps back. I feel like it's a mile back. (laughs) And of course, uh-huh. women's health as a whole. I know someone, and I'm not going to get too specific, who needed to figure out an abortion. Yeah. And not easily available. And the things that we always say are going to happen, happened. Uh, though they did all of the things, now that you have complications, you have to be very careful about going to the emergency room. Because you could wind up in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, shit is getting really real really quick. Yeah. 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 I I just recently had an experience um, with someone consider- wanting to have an abortion and can't. Where they live and because of their finances, they can't. And the ugly part about it, you know, the elephant in the room, which is really not an elephant. It's just, you know, it's just unspoken. The people who want access to that will have access to that and will be protected because they have the, the privilege means. and they have the means. And, but they have the connections. And yeah. these, people, these people who go in the ballot, the ballot booth, and vote against this stuff will still take their little daughters and their mistresses 
mm-hmm. and take care of anything they need and still mm-hmm. vote no for everybody else. Right. And right. That is that is the shame in all of this. Like it is. You know. And I work, and I just mentioned to you that I work at a children's home part time. So you have all of these things in place, and now I'm, I am pro whatever is best decision for you. Right. Okay. Whatever you decide to do with your body, I feel like is your business. That's between you and and whomever. But we put now you can't have abortions because supposedly it's being used as a form of birth control. But what are we doing for the orphans of our states? Nothing. These children who are in foster homes, who are, let's just be honest, there are people who are foster parents only because it's a check. Yeah. And then you have kids who are in children's homes that are not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't replace the fact that their mother and father. I don't care what you say. So these same people who are, are pro-lifers, how many children have you fostered? Adopted? Zero. Um, right. So I was reading somewhere that some in some state they had uh, immigrants to show up on some po- politician's front yard. It would be wrong if all of the orphan kids in the state showed up on... Right the front in, in the yards of the folk who have voted against abortions. But then you're, you're voting against things like school lunches and all of the support systems necessary to raise these kids that you swear we must have. Right. But I'm going to take it a step further. So, you know, recently I had fibroids removed. Mm-hmm. Discovered I had fibroids, all of this bleeding. And I'm going to take you to two places. First of all, why the hell are there no meds when they go up in our cervix? That's number one. I go to the dentist and I can get gas. I can be put under. But you're going to go remove fibroids and do all of these things and do this hysteroscopy to go in there and they give you nothing. And there was a prescription my doctor wrote for a medication that softens and opens the cervix, but it's considered an abortion drug. And so I couldn't get it. It's ridiculous. And so their response is, oh, we can give you a Xanax, take some ibuprofen, and that shit hurt. A Xanax. Hey, they, and, and they, believe me when I tell you, they limit them bad boys. The prescription is for one, the bottle come with one. You know, and I'm like, I guarantee you, if it was a dude and some balls related. Oh my God. They'd have all of the drugs available. Oh my God, there would be a, 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 a prescription for cocaine <laughs> if they needed it. But, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, so some of these drugs, again, so there are there are larger ramifications to just saying no to abortion. You yeah. know, because again, to open up your cervix, to soften your cervix, to do the things, you know, to be sure that you're. Um, your reproductive health is okay. You know, now some of that stuff is no longer available. Right. Right. And I was scared shitless going into that procedure and it was well-deserved. That shit hurt. Oh, just hold on a few more minutes. No, 
that is that is awful for a woman who has never had children to have your cervix opened and then people just think that childbirth is over 12 to 48 hours sometimes mm-hmm. cervix slowly opened and we know how awful childbirth can be and to just go in there willy nilly one day not pregnant not in, in labor and just snatch that thing open come on now Mm. and not even be put to sleep you know I mean for the actual removal surgery yes but like to go in there and do the testing and to go get cells and biopsy oh yeah Mm -mm. that stuff is awful it is it's very uncomfortable pelvic ultrasound is very uncomfortable and my doctor told me straight up I'm writing this but you know I doubt you'll be able to get this prescription filled It's sad. It really is. It's sad. And I I think that the work that we're doing here, educating our community, which is our one part of our pillars, um, three pillars is to, you know, educate our community. I think the more that we educate ourselves, the more of a voice our community will gain. Right. And hopefully use that so that we can reverse some of these decisions that have been made that impact us. I mean, you've got, you've got until we speak up, nothing's right. going to change. We're going to have to speak up. We're going to have to use our voices. Um, but it's, it's ridiculous. I hate that you went through that. And I just, I hate that anybody right now, for whatever reason, going through anything um, with, an, you know, possibly needing an abortion or, having any kind of reproductive issues and not able to get the medications needed to ease those, um, the pain from those procedures. I just, my heart goes out to you because it's just, it's not right. It's not. It's not right at all. So still much work to be done. So, so very much. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of cervix and dilating, I one of the things that I also did last year was I went to physical therapy. Oh, uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I went to physical therapy to, um, I guess, relax my cervix. <laughs> Your pelvic um, floor. My, yeah, my pelvic floor. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. That has it, become such a big thing, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical sometimes. Like I know, suddenly every woman has pelvic floor dysfunction. Whether you not having good orgasms, like what, you know, I don't. It's so much to be learned about it. Like you know, you see all of these these things now that you can get and they make it look like a a video game. Okay. So I have that one. I have the Perry fit and Mm -hmm. it looks kind of like a dildo, but not. Um, and you play a game that looks like angry birds with your vagina, essentially. (laughs) Okay. And so like you squeeze to jump over things and release and all of these things. Um, how do you like it? 
like most things, I'm not consistent enough with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what changed my my sex life and my JJ was going off the hormone therapy. Um, mm. Because it was closing down, shutting in, shutting up, drying out, all of that. Um, but I, I did try some of that same stuff. I, I don't know that it it helped because I mean, if you're just if you're still taking all the drugs, that's going to keep just drying it out, and destroying it. Um, but there are a number of tools now, and like I said, there are a lot of pelvic floor therapists. I see mm-hmm. seminars and women on Instagram all day telling you to release this and do that, and you know, it's a mm-hmm. lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. It's it's also it's a part of you got to make it a part of your routine. And you know, for me, um, even prior to cancer, I've had I have like autoimmune issues, chronic pain, blah, 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 blah. So I was already doctor fatigue. Then you introduce cancer, chemo, all, I'm over it, right? Right. Um, And so even now, now I have 10 appointments or so for fibroids and all of these things, the workout, the diet, the physical therapy, they just take so much time. Right. And you got to work on somebody's job. And life is life. <laughs> right. <laughs> life right. is life. You got to go get that bag. You got to get your paycheck. Uh, most of us got a side hustle, you know, to make ends meet. Um, if you're in school like I am, if you want to be an involved breast cancer advocate, then you're, you're dedicating your time to those endeavors as well. And then now I got to go get up in the stirrups and let somebody play with my vagina when cancer broke it to begin with, like, mm. it's just not fair. No. So tell me, so did they play with your vagina in physical therapy? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they did not. I did. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting because when I went, I did a lot of stretching. Mm-hmm. Most of it was stretching. So stretching like walking on a treadmill or spending um, some time on the bike. Mm -hmm. And then like literally doing stretches on the floor or standing up. And then of course there were the using the dilators. And you start off with the smallest dilator and you work your way up. But before using the dilator, stretching and breathing are important things to do mm-hmm. before using the dilator. So it, it all makes sense. Like right. think about like sex, right? So you're getting you're you're with your partner and you don't just go straight to sex. There's got to be some intimacy. You've got to have some, you know kissing and touching and breathing basically relaxing enough to, for things to open up and that's really what therapy was so um spending time doing once again making yourself a priority getting up in every day and stretching your body out and I'm and it really helped me to understand the importance of yoga 
because that's all yoga is, is stretching and the more you stretch and the more movement you do with your body, the more open and the more flexible you become and less stiff or pains that you may have. So it all made sense. Um, it, it was nothing like I thought it would be. I thought somebody was going to come in there with the dilator, go in and move it around. <laughs> no, nah, none of that happened. I mean, I had the dilators. I, I had brought them with me. Right. And we moved, we we did use them, but I was the one that was moving it around. But it's so. funny that you say that. So um, I'm, my timing is so off. I can't place last year, this year. But I did a solo pleasure challenge um, that I had found on the internet. <clears throat> and okay. um, part of that for me was reconnecting to my body and my sensuality. So I did some, I did a lot of stretching and what I call body connection time. Um, and so that was like sensual yoga, sensual movement, like getting in the position, like if I was writing somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and just connecting with my body, stretching myself again, because, you know, if you ain't ride dick in a minute, you know, your hips is going to pop and you're going to cut your Charlie horse. So I did that for, for some months. Um, And I found it to be valuable, you know, Um, it just kind of upped my own self-confidence and the way I I thought about my body, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you go so long without sex, things are breaking down, it hurts, it's painful, you can't be aroused when you want to be. And so I felt like that really did help a lot. Okay. Um, And so... Um, and a shameless plug again for the rest of us is planning a pleasure challenge for the baddies. Um, <laughs> maybe we can all reconnect to our sensual selves again. Um, but I did find that to be really helpful. Um, oh, okay. Our bodies become so clinical. Mm-hmm. You know, I will whip these titties out for any and everybody. The whole world has seen them. You know, you've been in the stirrups, you get pap smears, people look, you like, hey, whatever. You know, right. sometimes we have to be deliberate about thinking about our bodies um, as pleasurable beings again, you know? Right. And that's right. hard sometimes when you don't have a consistent partner, you're not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of <laughs> caring for yourself and, you know, the rigmarole. Right shaving and oiling your body because you know you're about to get some kind of goes out the window mm-hmm. yeah if you're not feeling well and your body's not cooperating you've added weight you know all of these things we just don't look at ourselves the same right you know? right and sometimes that's climbing into bed in lingerie just for you mm-hmm. setting the mood for yourself even if you just go to sleep you ain't got to play with it <laughs> You know, but sometimes just getting back to feeling like a sexy being is is really helpful. So right, right. Even the the type of underwear that we yep. we might put on underneath our clothing for the day, yep. mm-hmm. those small things, or how you wear your hair, or what type of shoes you've got on. You know, look just the little things that I mean, makes a difference. I don't, I don't. I'm not a girl who keeps my nails done consistently. But when I have my little toes painted, even if I'm still wearing my chucks, you know, you just feel a little different sometimes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, doing those things um, 
can really be helpful. And we've got to take the time because we, we wear so many hats. Yeah. You know, and that sensuality, that femininity, whatever your itty is. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you've got to call that back to the forefront. And so um, absolutely, I was really deliberate about that and it helped. And I need to stay consistent at doing that. Well, good. I'm looking forward to participating in this challenge because I, again, the time that we spend with our improving ourselves right. is so valuable because once yeah. we do that, you know, that light shines out and then people start asking like, girl, what's going on with you? Right. You smile, you walk, you got a little twitch in your step. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I hope that the the ladies in our community will be open to, to doing it because, you know, in the South, well, they frowned upon, or maybe just anywhere. People hear the word pleasure, and um, not once was the directive like, yo, go play with yourself, you know? Um, and so I think people have to work out what that means for them, right? Mm -hmm. Not everything is about the actual act of sex. Mm -hmm. um, and so hopefully, like I said, people will be open to exploring to even determine if it's really something for them or not. Right. Turned off by solo pleasure, you know, just the words thinking about what it might be or what they might be asked to do. But it's just having an open mind um, to seeing yourself as you want to be seen. Right. You know, being fully who you just want to be, you know, and I don't want to wait till I'm presented with a dick <laughs> to determine if, oh, Am I feeling good enough about myself for this? Am I, you know, am I going to be yeah. good? I, I want to be able to be, to move fluidly through Cynthia at work, Cynthia at school and Cynthia who's feeling herself a little bit, you know? Right, right, right. And it all, everything relates to each other. Like, so it's your sensuality starts with, not you in the bedroom, spread right. evil. It starts with a conversation, you know, yeah. an interaction with someone, how you look at them or how your body language or communicating with each other. Hi, Gigi. Um, <laughs> Gigi just decided to walk in. Um, <laughs> she's wanting some loving. Hello, girl. So, yeah, you know, even being open to that, like, that that's what brings it all out right you just can't just go cold turkey in the bed like okay i'm sexy now no right exactly. <laughs> you know and i, I can imagine like, again, i'm no longer in a relationship but mm -hmm. i was at the start of my breast cancer journey um and it gets so pushed to the background you know so i imagine especially for baddies in relationships you know it's hard to get back to that. Mm. You know? So I got a little bit of tea. Ooh, do tell, do tell. So I have a new friend. Ooh. Um, and I like, I like who I am since meeting him. Well, good. I have not. Mm, 
Okay, so the 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 sexual being that I would love to be has never really fully come out. Right. <laughs> Let's say that uh, for a number of reasons. You know, it's not in a Christian home, coming from a southern, you know, being raised in a southern background or whatever. It's not. It's frowned upon one to even talk about sex. Right. Okay? So for me to say vagina and penis and pussy and dick, all of that is hard for me. So just talk about it is difficult. Right. But in this new relationship, um, now this is not the only thing we talk about, but it is part of our conversation and part of me feeling... Oh, what's the word I want to use? Not desired, because I, I, I that's not that's not it. But me being open, right? To, I guess, being more of a sexual being, and not just the physical sense, right? Has helped a lot. Absolutely, I get that totally. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, now I, I think about like, oh. You know, we're, I'm going to see him today. What am I going to wear today? Like, not saying that I didn't do that before, but it's just been so long. Like, maybe I forgot. Or right. maybe it's different now because my body is different, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, it's been nice. It's been nice. And I have to also say, since having reconstruction, the men who have seen, first of all, like, like you, I whip these things out all the time because I'm I'm proud of it. Right. But um, the men who have seen my chest, they've been very complimentary. Like, oh my god, you just this, you know, it looks like regular boobs to me. It just looks like you got a scar. Right. Um. So I mean, you know, that helps. But the performance part of sex is still like, <gasps> you know, yeah, I just ain't gonna work out. If you don't use it, you will indeed lose it. You will. You will. The man in the boat will go away. Not only that, but like, you know, you lose that confidence. You lose your swag. You you forget and you and you clam up and you're nervous about doing all of the things that used to come naturally. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that for our partners, they don't know kind of how to approach you know, because we mm-hmm. don't know how to approach it. You know, and so that yeah. makes it awkward and drags out the time between experiences and, you know, and then you lose some of that intimacy. And like you said, that part is so important. I love being loved, but I love being lusted. Like that sexy banter, that comfort, all of mm-hmm. that leads up to doing mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 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 yes. You know, yes. And so just having that, and I know I've not been in that space for so long. Girl, that's a good feeling. Isn't it? And let me tell you, so while we recap in, you know, last year, top of 2022, I wanted to get laid. And boy, did I get laid, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> And since this is baddie behavior and we know holds barred, I started bleeding after sex. Um, for the person that I was doing the do with, uh, blood is a no-go. 
So mm-hmm. that put a damper on stuff and I couldn't figure out what was happening. And so I thought it was just the having sex after not having it for so long. Um, and I thought it was the, you know, the restretching of everything and um, cause couldn't figure it out because I'd be fine. I'm like, well, I'm not spotting or anything. Let's try. And then after sex, bleeding. Um, but then that's what led to the fibroids that really just put a stop on that for months because it took me months mm. to go to the doctor and do all of the things. But um, I've gotten the all clear um, and I'm, you know, working my way back into trying to get me some again. <laughs> well, listen, um, make sure that you stretch. <laughs> Definitely. Make sure you use lubricant. Absolutely. And you know, it also helps to use lubricant even when you're not having sex because that will prepare. Gosh, Gigi, you're shedding a lot. That will help prepare, you know, you for when you do actually have sex, you know, moisturizing that area because if it gets too dry, that's when it gets tight, right? And then that's when when you do have sex and it's not lubricated or it's, it's dry, the tearing, and that's when blood shows up. So um, I also got into the habit of my um, gynecologist gave me a um, suggested a lubricant, and I love it. It's called Uber Lube. Um, you can order it off of Amazon, and it's really good, and I use it started using it like every day just a little bit it's so funny because amazon and online shopping gets me so i order lube Mm -hmm. and it's like a two liter bottle of soda (laughs) oh wow (laughs) you need to put that in one of those automatic dispensers right duty taught us but like so having a session like so you have lube and i get to giggling and almost kill the mood because i'm like i gotta go in this little nightstand and pull out this two liter bottle of lube, you know. <laughs> but again, that body connection for me is I oil up and moisturize and pamper the vagina when I do my body care every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we put oil on our lips and we moisturize our feet and our ashy ass elbows. We need to pamper the pussy, you know, right? And so, yeah. you know being again deliberate about these things and and taking the time so that it's not just a mechanical oh I got to do this so yeah enjoy feeling yourself you know it doesn't have yeah. to be oh I'm about to stop and really get into this yeah. but again touch yourself with gentle hands and see how you feel and you know do all of the things um while you're doing it yeah yeah because you gotta know what's going on and you're all all over your body. You do absolutely. Yeah, it's not taboo. You got to know. You got to feel yourself, not just so that you know what you like, but also so you can tell the difference when something's not right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So the new. The new friend definitely has lit a little fire in my little sexual being. <laughs> And I have been off of letrozole. Mm, I've been off of letrozole now for a year. Oh, good. And there is definitely a difference in my sex life since being off of letrozole. 
And see, this is this is this weird breast cancer world, right? And maybe it's the Manjaro now that I'm thinking of it. Well, so this morning, surprisingly, um, around about six-ish, I had the most amazing nerdy dream um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but breast cancer world. So in my head, I was kind of like, shit, are my hormones too high? Like, you know... Like this app, like you want to be able to orgasm and feel good. But in the back of my mind, I was like, shit. It, it, like, are my hormones too high? Is this bad? Like, you know? I, I think it's just, okay, so I, maybe that's also the thing, too. So, um, forget it. We're, 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 we're doing bad behavior. So, <laughs> I like now I'm starting to be horny again like that was a thing like I wasn't I was not horny before but now I am like so I'm talking to my friend and um <laughs> I just was like I, I gotta I gotta see you today like I need to see you now <laughs> and it's it's like the it's whatever was off is now on like right. I don't have to worry about dryness like I used to. Now it's still is tight and it still is a little bit uncomfortable, but that's because it's been so long. But girl, oh my God. Mm. A whole new world. It's like discovering yourself all over again. Yes, and you know, I've heard so for so long, like, oh, when you hit your 40s, that's your sexual, a woman's sexual peak, blah, blah. Huh. And when I hit 40, I was, I wasn't having sex. It wasn't, it wasn't happening because one, it was uncomfortable as hell. Two, I didn't have um, a partner at the time, and it just, it, it, it just wasn't happening. Um, so now, you know, I'm, I'm in a different place, a different headspace, and I'm also not on that medication. Right. I am on Manjaro, but I'm not on anything breast cancer related. Right. So it's different. It's different. Yeah. So, and these are, again, once again, these are conversations. This is stuff that we're learning because we're talking to each other about it, Right. Right. But outside of this space, who am I going to talk to about this? I can't talk to talk to my mom about it because she hasn't had that experience, nor my sister. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's definitely been a life lesson as well as, you know, it's been a challenge too because, again, I'm not the most comfortable person talking about these intimate details, but I recognize that this is important because somebody is listening to this pod this podcast or is going to listen to this podcast and be like oh well i'm not the only one oh right. these are things that i can do so you know and yeah. I, my thoughts about our bodies and and sex are much like our stigmas surrounding breast cancer you know depending yeah. on the culture and the family you grew up in my mom like we have a very comfortable and free relationship now you know like, dude, I'm glad we're besties, but dude, you tell me too many times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but growing up, 
you know, and I always said if I had kids and of course breast cancer and no, no kids, but that I wanted my daughters and my nieces to be active participants in sex in a way that I wasn't, mm. you know, you get to a certain age and you're just doing it to be doing it. You're supposed to, and your own pleasure and how you feel about yourself is not kind of like anything you're thinking of. You know, mm-hmm. and because we don't talk about it with women, women think they're kind of passive partners sometimes. Yeah. Like something that they do for their partner, for their lover, for their man, whatever, you know. And so this body connection and being a sensual being um, is like a new thing, you know, for, for mm-hmm. so many of us. Mm-hmm. You know, breast cancer or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I can definitely relate to the being the sensual being and doing it for your own self pleasure. Like, right? Sex in the past has been a lot of it has been about making sure he enjoyed himself or he, uh, you know, got his rocks off. It wasn't so much about me. Now right. it's like, like I said, yeah, I gotta have this now. <laughs> And enjoying and that. In my last relationship, um, <clears throat> that my pleasure was important to him, and the more I enjoyed, the more he enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. But I was still getting to this place of like for real comfort with my body and my sexuality, you know. And this is from someone who was married prior to that relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And so, unless we talk about sex, the worst doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I and I think men like to see us, or I'm not just men. Our partners like to see us enjoying sex. That's the whole point of doing it, you know. Right. But you know, music and society tells us it's wham bang, you can't go to back out. All of these things, and I think we're missing the mark sometimes. For me, at least, you know, sex is best when we have some other intimacy. We ain't got to be all booed up. We ain't got to say I love you. But if there's some deeper connection, even if mm-hmm. it's just sports or a mutual joke or whatever, but like there's a, a true kind of connection, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that's so much better. Yes, you know? and so absolutely. We'll, we'll take those cues and be able to be like, oh, maybe she didn't feel that. You annoying. Do you like when I do this? Like. Those are the things that, you know, we haven't all learned, unfortunately. Or mm-hmm. how to say, back to that like that a lot more. Yeah. You yeah. know? And being okay with it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my little update. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see how this goes. We'll see if we have a new baddie gent on deck. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um I think we've talked about everything that we've done. Did we miss anything? We didn't talk about the gala though. Let's quickly oh, yes. have our upcoming gala. Um so twenty I'm so confused on timing. Twenty twenty two we yeah. had our inaugural for the Breast of Us celebration. And uh, it was a sneaker ball. And it was magical. It was. It was absolutely amazing. 
It was. It was so much work. I mean, behind the scenes, what we are all doing for the rest of us would blow your mind. Yeah. Um, there's so much work, so much time, so much planning. Um, that it even exceeded my wildest expectations. Doyen, yeah. our event planner. Oh, I mean, I was breathless when we, I walked in and saw yeah. how she transformed that space. Yeah, she is she is truly a gifted soul and what she does and the before and after of that venue. Oh my gosh. It was just carrying our theme and our vision and our dreams out. Um no matter the space, like it was just so on point. It the was. little touch out that just oh, it was it was amazing. And like it I was. still get giddy thinking about walking to that space and seeing everything that had come to be, and just the the magic of that night. Yes. Walking into the VIP area and seeing the, the large picture of all of us was just like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It was pausing because in that moment when I saw that, it was like a flashback of the beginning of my journey with cancer to that moment, you know encompassing you know the relationships that have been built ebony who was the one who got me into this space of advocating for others and just it was a full circle moment and then walking into the room with our you know our tributes to the women who have come before us and who have have passed on in our legacy room yeah. I was the one who was typing up all that stuff and had the pictures, but still to walk in the room right. and see it, like come to life. It was just, I was in awe. I was totally yeah. in awe. And the, the excitement, like we were knee deep in the planning and we were, yeah. but for the baddies who hadn't been in all of the conversations and mm-hmm. kind of seeing the planning and the ideas. I mean, and the the mouths just dropped and the tears. Tears were flowing. Like, <laughs> we, you know, we're walking in kind of hand in hand with each other and we're just ooing and aahing. It was like a night I will never forget. Yeah. It, it was, was absolutely like the feelings, the 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 excitement in that room it was just the culmination of all of the good things I feel about y'all like it was just yeah it was a warm hug it really a warm was. tight hug all night and I'm still like ah we did yeah. that shit <laughs> yeah we did that we did that we did that um yes. if you haven't seen um about our gala, check our timeline for video their stories, and we're getting ready to do it again. So 2022 yes. here at Batty Headquarters in H Town, and 2023 uh, in September is going to be in Atlanta. ATM, ATM. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're gonna be in my beautiful Peach State. 
Oh. And I cannot wait to do it again. And I'm even more excited because now I know I can do it. Yeah. And our theme is our theme is different this year. So last year it was a sneaker gala and it was the we run this gala. Mm-hmm. And then we're still working out all of the details, but that's getting ready to be announced. Mm-hmm. And I see what Doyen does with this theme. Um, oh my God. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be another mouth dropper. Cannot wait. Like the annual celebration with the baddies is like front and center, like the highlight of my year. You know, like I'm still looking forward to it. Um, Yeah. I can't wait, honestly. Can we give them the date? We can at least give them the date. Yes, I think we did do save the date. So it is Saturday, September 16th. Yeah. In ATL, Georgia. I can't wait. Um, and I cannot <laughs> wait for y'all to see the theme and the imagery that we are developing. And mm, it's gonna be awesome. Campaign. Like, you know, we did We Run This, and so everybody had this video, their video montages and the social media talking about how we run our worlds because we do life and we do cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Everything we do still is about advocating, educating, and building community. And so this is no different. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be so fly, and you're going to want to be in that room. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> September 16th. Make sure you're there. Yes. Please, so, please come out and join us. Meet the baddies in person if you haven't already. Yeah. And then when we're done crying, being excited, advocating, educating, honoring those who do the work in our community. Then we get our party on. Oh, now listen, that dance floor was hot in Houston, okay? It was was hot. That video of Miranda and her little leg kick, like she was getting it. She was getting it. Miranda was getting it. Listen, she was the party starter, okay? was so live, like you want to be in that room. You really do. Yeah, you do. You do. Y'all, y'all definitely don't want to miss this. And so, again, as we recap, we also started in-person meetups. I was going to say, did we even talk about the meetups? Right. So we have been, you know, for the rest of us started and will always be the first online community for women of color. But we are venturing more into the in-person spaces because... Um, Community is important. While we can do it and we do it well virtually, there's nothing like having that in-person touch. Yeah. Well, we've been lucky enough to be able to do some in-person meetups. Our last one was a paint and sip sponsored mm-hmm. by Eli Lilly. Um, and so we generally have them um, in locations across the nation where our baddies are located. Um, and so it'll be like Houston, LA, Atlanta, South Carolina, New York, you know, um, and we do it all, <laughs> excuse me, on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to meet other baddies locally and t- love on them and advocate and educate with them in person. And so it's been really, really amazing. It has. It and has. We're looking forward to that. Which reminds me, so we do our little outreach before the gala, and I'm in the planning stages of another one at TSU for October. Really? Yeah, so we're doing it all again. Okay. Uh, 
with the breast cancer grant, we have the Rose in Houston bringing out their mammography mobile unit. Mm -hmm. So getting the whole planning of that ready again, too. So the in-person stuff has really been, um, it's been fun and it's a stretching thing for me. I'm not the most social in meeting people face to face and going out and introducing myself. Um, is an area of development for me. So, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunities, but. That's wonderful. Yeah. You know, and I, that just for a second, I, that took me to our first retreat <laughs> and you sitting in the corner and me saying, come on over here, girl. No. <laughs> and now with you saying, I'm not the most social, like, oh, you're not, are you? No, <laughs> and that's I'm not. That's no longer that our relationship. I was so nervous. I mean, I had to promise so many people I was going to get on that plane and actually go. <laughs> really? Yes, because I'm like, I get hyped in the moment and I'll sign up for something and be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what the hell is I thinking? <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that I you did because look. Guest that it yeah. would turn into all of this. Yes, and Batty headquarters in Houston. Batty headquarters <laughs> in my place. <laughs> the relationship. So if you're ever feeling like, ah, do I want to go to something? Please do. do. And it's not even just the official baddies. It's all of the baddies. I have met so many amazing people here in Houston that Houston is humongous. I wouldn't have met otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, and I got my girls now and um, we're doing all of the things. And I mean, and we get to enjoy each other and not always have to talk about cancer either. You know, mm -hmm. have fun. Mm -hmm. um, and that group chat is serious, y'all. <laughs> that group chat. Woo. We stay serious. <laughs> yeah. You know, Seriously. being able to hop on a plane and know you got somebody to go see and someone mm -hmm. gets second to none. So whether you're connected to us virtually um, or in person, please find your baddie buddies. Yeah. Find your tribe. Find, find your, your people. Tribe. Yeah. Well, I think, have we covered everything, sis? I think we have. Moral of the story is we got laid like we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And we're still working on, you know, getting it consistently and doing all yeah. that. Make sure it stays good, you know. Yeah. So drink your water, use your lube, stretch. Yes. Eat your little pineapples, do all of the things, you know. Yeah. But, you know, stretching is important. I've lost so much flexibility and uh, stretching, I got a Pilates bar. Um, so like stretching is my thing. Yeah. My goal is to get my ankles behind my head. That's solely for me, but yeah, I want to show it to people eventually, you know, but Ooh. like flexibility is my goal. I may Ooh. not make all the way. May yeah. Not, may not get my skin back to what it was, but your girl is going to get her ankles behind her head. Mm. That's my I want. I would love to get on a pole. Yeah, I don't know if I got the upper body strength for that, but I would love that too. <clears throat> it's just I don't, I don't know. It's just something about being able to. I don't know. You you just a badass woman if you can or person. Yeah. If you can climb that pole and just so 
gracefully spin yeah. down it. Like, you know how much control you have to have and strength, yeah. inner strength to be able to hold yourself like that. Like, those are shout out to, to the strippers because they, they got some, <laughs> or the pole dancers, they have some incredible talent yeah, and strength. Athleticism. That's not, yeah. yeah. And it's not about being skinny. Right. Because I've seen some thick women like hold it down on the pole. I'm like, well, if she can do it, I'm asking too. <laughs> yep. Like, I literally I think I'm looking at my ceiling. My ceilings might be a little too high. Too high. But, yeah. Know, yeah. I mean, I'm good for like seven. I'm all. I, the other thing I want to do is buy sex furniture. Funny in the group chat, you said that Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex den, but you know, they have wedges and pillows. Yeah. So if you're in the middle and, you know, like you're still in where you're not comfortable or your body hurts, or you, there are tools to um, help you accentuate whatever you need. And I'm not scared to use them. Just like, yeah. don't be ashamed of needing lube. Mm -mm. Give me mm -hmm. one more pillow and help me prop up over here because we're going to get this. Right, right. So if we, if, that's what I was gonna say. So we we stack the pillows up in the bed, right? Yeah. Why not just buy the wedge? Yeah, they got wedges and stuff that's made. Yeah. For and you know, I swore they have a little like squatty potty kind of. Yeah. My dick, dude. Yes. Saying I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> it looks like a little, like kind of like an open stool or whatever, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. So there are tools, there are accessories to help you. Oh, I just bought some mints. You bought those? The flint mints, they are for yeah. like dry They help make your mouth get all wet. Yeah. Them purely for the purpose of sucking dick. You like them? some dry mouth. But the person I would like to do it to loves a good sloppy BJ and I'm down. So... Again, there are accessories and additives in all of the things. Yeah. Uh, help you do things you want to do. And so I'm pushing, this year is 45. God, that sounds old. You're not. But I want to have the best sex. And I always said I want to be Blanche Devereaux in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be turning out your grandpa fathers in the nursing home, all of that. And so I may be on the late boat, um, but I'm determined to live my best sex life. Come on, girl. Even if I'm, even if I'm having it. So yeah, I'm with you. There, there are tools, there are accessories. Drop us the end, I will share. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I bought those mints. Does it have a funny aftertaste? No. Okay, so I'm going to have to order some too. Absolutely. <laughs> it keeps popping up in my um, on my feed. You know, I'm, I'm a consumer of all things. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, should I buy it? And then that other thing, that lube that, that makes it like gushy or whatever. Have you seen that too? I've seen a bunch of those. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but yeah. yeah, of course, I did use my Slippery Elm, which is a supplement that's in a lot of these things. I was going to say, it's in, it's in most of them. 
Yeah, if you're doing any kind of supplement that's supposed to make you wet, it's slippery elm. Mm -hmm. um, the juice is going all places, including down there. So I do use that. Um, so yeah, there are things. So don't be afraid to hit the Googles. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I like not having to search in my feed being helpful. So along with the fuckery in the memes, you know, I've got my sexologists and my people so that these things just kind of come. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of seeing things that I think might interest me. So, you know, click yeah. search, follow a few people and you'll be amazed. And I actually have a page where they do, it's a big girl and she does different sex positions. Yeah. You Is know, it good? So, I mean, it's not good. No, it's another one. I follow Goody. I follow the girl. Oh, and I feel bad that I did the sex challenge with. I should name drop her. But I, and if you click a few and then follow some of the people that they follow, um, you know, you'll just happen to see stuff in your timeline that you don't even know you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of, you know, you never okay. know what you don't know you need. So, She's on IG. You have to share her uh, info with me on IG. I do. I need to find it. I will put it in the show notes. Um, okay. Matter of fact, hold on. Can I find it? Can I find it? And I have a text thread with her. She's amazing because she likes texts and everything. So she is Womb Care Woman, W-O-M-X-N. Okay. Um, and her, yeah, she's really dope. Um, and there are a lot of different workshops. If you find someone that, you know, like their style, their IG feed, what they're talking about resonates with you. You know, you can even do one-on-one -on -one sessions. They can help you create a plan, you know, that fits you and your needs. Mm -hmm. you know, none of this is one size fits all. So, you know, find whatever works for you. Um, but please, if you're feeling like you need some assistance in this area, it, it's out there. It really is. You don't have to suffer in silence. Okay. Okay. So I'll put some resources um, like Goody and Wound Hair Woman and Flint Mints in the show notes so that um, y'all can check out some of the things we're talking about. And my airy fit. So you can play Angry Boards with your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it has been a great conversation. Yes, it has. I'm so, so glad you were feeling yourself and got you a little boo thing and I love you it. made I my love shoulder it. move. Yes. He is definitely giving me my woo-woo back. Mm. And I love it. I love it. So and I love it for you. I'm happy you Thank you. So until next time, sis. Be on your baddest behavior. <laughs> this is another baddie creation brought to you by for the rest of us don't forget to subscribe to baddie to baddie wherever you get your podcast and follow us on facebook and instagram at for the breast of us on twitter at the breast of us and check us out online at breastofus.com thanks for listening